anybody, and, and um, go ahead and just be honest because, you know, it's time for us all to just share some of these things. How many people, just by show of hands, have ever been given a disappointing Christmas gift? Who's been given a disappointing Christmas gift in their life? Yeah, yeah. How many people are currently thinking, I see what there's under the present, and it looks disappointing. Is anybody uh, there? This may come as a surprise to you. I have not started my Christmas shopping yet. And yet, at the same time, my Christmas shopping is almost over, and it's awesome. Uh, I am, like some of you, I know that some of you cannot relate, but I am just as surprised as my kids when they open up their presents. I, thank you, Daddy. You're welcome. I, I feel like I played an important role uh, in it, but I do have a little bit of Christmas shopping to do because I'd like to stay married uh, if it's all the same to everybody else. But I have been a, if I'm honest, I've been guilty of giving some disappointing Christmas gifts to both Brandy and my kids. Some of you, I want to show you this little quick video. Some of you maybe can relate to this, but I hope this doesn't happen to you this Christmas. What a, what a journey. We've all been there, though, right? We've all thought to ourselves, man, I just really wanted a toy, and everybody knows what it's like to be disappointed. What happens, though, is as we get to adults, we just get a lot better at hiding it. We just, you know, thank you so much. You know, you got me. It looked like the shape of an iPhone, and yet it's nose hair trimmers. And, you know, thank you so very, very much, you know, uh, Husbands, you know, you've bought your wife wrinkle cream instead of a diamond ring. And it's a dangerous way to live, uh, but, you know, you just got to be, gotta be careful. We get hired up, and the challenge for us as we kind of cross into to Christmas and move into the new year is that for some of us, we, we thought that this year would be a little bit different. We, we thought that by this point, maybe things would have changed or things would have improved, and we kind of wanted a toy, and what we got instead handed to us was just not what we were expecting. Some of you know that today is the first Sunday of Advent, which is just the four weeks leading up to Christmas that we prepare ourselves for the arrival of Jesus. And depending on what type of tradition you grew up in, sometimes they'd have candles and different things, and different things would mean symbols and all the things. But today is the, the Sunday uh, that we think about hope. And Paul, in Romans chapter 15, and you don't have to turn there, we're not going to be there very long. Paul, in Romans chapter 13, or 15, verse number 13, said this, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace. Why? Not because everything is great, but because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with 
confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. But here's what's true, is that some of us are probably not overflowing with hope right now. You, if you're just honest, you see all the Christmas decorations and the lights, and there's, you know, you're looking forward to seeing family maybe, but there's something in you maybe that says, I just, I just need it to be over. I just need to move past it because there's tension and there's drama. This year, again, you kind of wanted a toy, and instead what got put into your hands was just something totally different. You're dealing with relatives, you're dealing with exes, and you've got to go to this place and celebrate with them, or you thought I'd be celebrating with a better relationship, or maybe there's an empty chair for the first time this Christmas. It could be all sorts of different things. And you're trying your best to do the right thing. You're showing up to church, but what's getting put in your hand is just not what you wanted. The good news is, though, is that Christmas reminds us that no matter what else is happening, that hope is available because the Christmas story started the same way. The Christmas story doesn't necessarily start with Mary and and Joseph, even though that's the type of thing we think about with Christmas, according to Luke, it starts a little bit earlier. And Luke's introduction to the Christmas story introduces us to a couple that they wanted a toy, and what they got handed instead was disappointing. It says it this way in Luke chapter 1, verse 7, but they, this is Zachariah and Elizabeth, who we're going to discover in a little bit, were, well, they were childless, because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. The ship has sailed. Things hadn't worked out. And so the question that we want to try to wrestle with on this first Sunday of Advent where we talk about hope is what do we do when what we have in our mind is not what we experience in reality? How can I have hope when life isn't going like I planned it to go? And Zachariah and Elizabeth's story shows us some things. Not steps that you take because the, ten, the, the, the tendency and the temptation is to say, well, if you'll just do one, two, three, and four, then everything will be great. But I can't promise you that this morning. But what I can show you is some things that God spoke to Elizabeth and some things that God did through Zachariah and Elizabeth that even when things don't change in your life, you can, like Paul said, be overflowing with hope. I've got to run through these really, really fast, and so hang on to your seats. But if you want to follow along, if you have a printed Bible, and if you want to follow along, we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 5 through 25. And John is John the Baptist, who you've heard about. This is talking about his parents. And so that's a little bit of backstory. But according to Luke, this is really where the Christmas story starts. And so how can you have hope when life doesn't go as planned, here's a few things that maybe you can hold on to. I can have hope because, number one, God is at work in the darkness. I can have hope because God is at work in the darkness. Luke chapter 1, verse 5, in the time Herod, king of Judah. Just stop right there. Now, if you don't know anything about history, I don't blame you, but Herod was the worst. He was cruel. He was suspicious. A historian said it's, it's safer to be Herod's pig than it is to be his son because Herod had all these sons, he had all these wives, and he would get suspicious of this son who thought he was trying to get the throne, and so he would kill his son and said, this is the son that's going to be the king, and then he'd get suspicious of this one and kill his son, and he would banish his wife. He was a monster. Nobody was excited when Herod 
came to town because you breathe wrong and Herod would kill you. And the temptation in this darkness is, where is God in all of this? You might remember the Christmas story that, that somebody went and sent soldiers into Bethlehem to kill all of the little babies two years and under. That's Herod. And that's perfectly within his character. And so this is the backdrop of the story, and yet in the darkest time that people could have possibly imagined, God was at work. It had been 400 years since God had spoke. 400 years since the last prophets of God had shared any message from God, and so people were left wondering, is God forgotten us? Has God forgotten his promise, if you can imagine, that would be like in our world, uh, back in 1623 was the last time that God had spoken. And it's just lifetimes, generations, generations had passed without hearing God, and yet God was at work in the darkness. That in the darkest possible time in these people's history, God was getting ready to turn on the lights. That's why you can have hope. Not only that, I can have hope because God is at work in ways that aren't always obvious. He's at work in the darkness and he's at work in ways that aren't always obvious. Following on with verse number five, in the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. Here's what none of you did. None of you said, oh, Abijah, of course. Oh, the hero has come. Everything's, I mean, he's from Abijah. This is, no, nobody knows anything about Abijah. You'd have to go back to Chronicles to hear anything about this. It's just, he's just a guy. He's one of about, people would estimate, about 25,000 priests. He's just this guy that's going through his routine. Nobody would have looked at Zechariah and said, this is the guy that's going to be the breakthrough that we've waited for. It talks about his wife, Elizabeth, who is also from the line of Aaron. Nobody would have looked at Elizabeth and said, oh, there's something amazing about them. There's something dramatic. No one would have picked them out of the crowd. This is going to be the couple. This is going to be the family that helps usher in the Messiah. But Here's good news at Christmas, is that my not being able to see how God is working is not an argument that God isn't working. That my not being able to figure it out, oh, he's gonna use this person and then this is gonna happen and I see how all the threads are being woven, my not being able to see it is not an argument that God isn't at work. And we would maybe say, well, I would have done it differently. I mean, if I was going to usher in the Messiah, I would have used a king, and I would have used a palace, and it would have been this fairy tale. That's not the story. It was just this guy from this unknown group of priests, and this old woman, woman Elizabeth, from her dad was a priest. And yet God was at work. You can, I can have hope, because God is at work, even when it's not Obvious. Here's the third thing. I can have hope at Christmas because God is at work as I'm faithful in the ordinary. That God is at work even when it's dark. God is at work even when I don't see how it's all working. And God is at work as I'm faithful in the ordinary. Skip down with me to verse number six. Both of them. This, this unknown priest, this unknown family, both of them were righteous in the sight of God. Well, Why? Because we already read, God hadn't seemed to be coming through for them. God didn't seem to be keeping his end of the bargain. And yet, they just, 
remained faithful. They just every day, well, God didn't answer that prayer. I'm just gonna still be righteous. Well, God didn't come through for you. Everybody thinks, Elizabeth, something's wrong with you. Everybody thinks, Elizabeth, God is mad at you because you can't have a baby. I'm just gonna be, I'm just gonna be faithful. They were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. In other words, they were better than you and me. Like, they, they lived such extraordinary lives. They weren't perfect, but all of the laws and all, it was six, it's not like the Ten Commandments laws, like 600 and some odd laws of the, the Jewish people, they, to the letter, I mean, every I dotted, every T cross, they kept going, they kept remaining, being faithful, but they were childless. Now, if we're writing the story, we follow up verse number six. They were righteous in the sight of God, observing all of the Lord's commands, decrees blamelessly, and so God did everything that they prayed for. That's the way that we would have written this story. If we were gonna make this story up, we would have said they did all of the right things, and so all of the right things happened to them. That's not the story. And it's not always the story of your life because Zachariah and Elizabeth better than you and me, and yet they had a really difficult life. And yet we can remain hopeful. We can overflow with hope, the way Paul said it, as we're faithful in the ordinary. They were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. But they just kept doing it. Verse number eight, once Zachariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as a priest before God, he was chosen by lot according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Again, he's just doing what he's supposed to do. He's just being faithful. Every day I wake up and we can, God, you're not coming through for me and so I'm just, I'm giving up on the God thing. God, you didn't do the way that I thought you were supposed to do it and so I'm giving up, I'm, I'm done with church, I'm done with prayer, I'm done with scripture, I'm done being faithful, but I want you at Christmas. I want you to maintain hope because God is at work as we are faithful in just the ordinary things. Here's what Zachariah and Elizabeth decided, that this is not my problem to solve, that I'm not gonna try to manipulate this thing, I'm not gonna try to figure this out on my own. God, I so desperately want to have a child, but I am not going to try to find loopholes, and I'm not gonna try to force this. I'm not gonna try to cut corners. I'm not gonna try to get ahead of you. I'm just gonna trust God, and I'm gonna leave the consequences up to you. We are smart enough, and you're smart enough, and you're capable enough that you can manipulate things into happening. You can force things into happening, but Zachariah and Elizabeth just decided, I'm gonna trust God. I'm gonna keep being faithful. I'm not gonna try to circumvent what he has planned. I'm not gonna try to get ahead of where he's going. I'm just gonna be faithful and I'm just gonna keep showing up each day. I'm gonna keep being doing the right thing each day and I'm just going to keep trusting him in your life. Can I just, I know that maybe I wanted a toy and you got a sweater instead. Listen, just keep being faithful. Don't try to force the issue. Don't try to get in front of God. You just keep being faithful in the ordinary. I can have hope, here's the fourth one, because God is at work on things that are better than I could imagine. Is that I have a plan, but my plan is not as good as God's plan. What did Zachariah and Elizabeth want? Well, they just wanted, they just wanted a baby, like so many of you maybe. Man, I just want to have a family. I want to have a, a child. And, 
That was Zachariah and Elizabeth, that was their goal. And yet God was at work doing something that they could not even fathom, not even imagine. Verse number 14, we'll, we're skipping down. Uh, let's see, where are we at? Yeah, verse number 14. He will be, this, this boy that's being born to you. So we're skipping a little bit and we'll circle back. He will be a joy and a delight to you. Well, well, kids are supposed to be that, but I've got a bigger plan. And many will rejoice because of the birth. Jack Ryan and Elizabeth, it's not just about you. I mean, many people are going to know this kid's name. He is going to be great. Next slide for me. Not just in your eyes. He's going to be great in the sight of the Lord. He is never to take wine or other fermented drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he was born. He's going to bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he's going to go before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient of, uh, to the wisdom of the righteous and to make ready a people prepared for the Lord in your life in my life, and God has bigger plans than just we do. We have, I think it should go like this, and I think I should have this, and then this is gonna happen, and when our plans fall apart, oftentimes we, if we're honest, fall apart. But if we can just take a step back and say, maybe God has something bigger in mind. Maybe the thing that I thought God is supposed to put in my hand, maybe he's got something better for me. Paul would say it this way in Corinthians. This is what scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. And so in my life, in your life, I can maintain hope because God is at work. And what he is at work on is better than what I could work on. And what he is preparing is better than what I'm preparing. And so at Christmas, just remember, is that God's way is better even when God's way takes longer. God's way is better even when God's way takes longer. Zechariah and Elizabeth, maybe they could have manipulated it that we see in the Old Testament. Where, where people did. Uh, Sarah and her husband Abraham, they couldn't have children either. And so Abraham decided, well, I've just got to make this happen on my own. And so he went and slept with one of his servant girls. And sure enough, they did have a son, but it caused so much chaos because he wrestled it away from God. He decided, God, I can't trust you to come through for me, and so I've got to come through for me. I have a plan, and your plan isn't fitting in with my plan, and so I'm going to make my plan work, and I'm going to leave you in the dust, and that's the temptation that we face. Is it, God, you were supposed to put this in my hand. I was supposed to have this, and then this was supposed to happen, and by this time I said I want this, and it's not, and so I'm going to make the thing happen. I'm going to be in charge. I'm going to leave you behind, but I'm just telling you, God's way is better. God's way is better. But sometimes God's way takes longer. But you can have hope in the middle. I can have hope because God is at work even when it seems impossible. Even when it seems impossible. When God, there's just no way. This can't happen. The ship has sailed. I, there, there's no way that you can cut. No, God is at work. And so I can have hope even when it seems impossible. Verse number 18. So Zechariah, let me just give you the backstory. Zechariah has went into the temple. The angel ha has come. He's given him this announcement. You and Elizabeth are going to have a son. It's going to be wonderful. And then Zechariah and Elizabeth, or it's not Elizabeth, Elizabeth outside. Zechariah, he's just, he saw himself in the mirror earlier that day, 
And he saw Elizabeth and he saw how many birthdays that she's celebrated and how can this be? I'm an old man and my wife is, how do I say this? She's not old, old, but she's, she's old-ish. You know, I mean, I don't want, just in case she's listening in, she's like well along in years. I mean, God, thank you so much. Like this, thanks to the angel. Man, this is cool that the angel's here, but God, you're about 30 years too late. I mean, we should have had this conversation a while ago. This can, I mean, great if that was gonna happen before, but I look at me and I look at Elizabeth and this is, that ship has sailed. I mean, you might have something good for us, but it's, it, it can't be a son because, I mean, look at us. But here's the good news at Christmas is that things that are impossible for me and things that are impossible for you are not impossible for God. Here's what Christians believe is that our whole faith is hinges on impossible things. The, the entirety of our faith hinges on a dead person rose back to life. That's impossible. That cannot happen. And yet, that's what Christians believe. And so here's what I know, is that I don't know what problem you're facing, and I don't know what challenge you're going through, and I don't know what you want God to give you that he's not giving you, but I I know that it's not bigger than death. And if God can overcome death, And if God can do the impossible in the life of Jesus and raise him back to life, well, what I'm facing, I can maintain hope because with God, things that are impossible for me are possible with God. And so I can be filled with hope. Yes, I I don't know how this marriage is gonna work out. I don't know how we're ever gonna climb out of debt. I don't know if this relationship can ever be restored. I don't know how I'm gonna forgive this person. I just, it just seems impossible. We have been around this track and we've gone through this cycle over and over and over and I just don't think there's any way that God can come through. Well, he rose a dead man to life. Maybe he can still do something in my life. Here's good news for me, this is my favorite one, that I can have hope because God is at work even when we don't get it right. E- even when, when I say, God, I- I'm gonna do it my own way and I'm gonna go my own way and I'm gonna do my own thing and I'm gonna make this happen, my mistakes cannot thwart the plans of God. And so Zechariah, he says to, he says to the, the angel, I mean, this, there's no way, it's not possible, it's not here on the screen, but let me just read for you verse number Verse number 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now because you didn't get it right, you didn't believe, here's what's gonna happen. And now you're gonna be silent. You're not gonna be able to speak until this day happens because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Two things are happening. The Zachariah didn't believe the way that God needed him to believe, and God was still gonna do what God was gonna do. And that's good news, is that even on the times and on the days where I say, God, I don't think it's possible, I'm gonna do my own thing, God's still gonna do what God is gonna do. Zachariah didn't believe, and God didn't give up on Zachariah. Zachariah doubted, and God still used Zachariah. That God didn't look at Zachariah and say, oh, you're gonna doubt? Well, let me, let me go find somebody better. Let me go find someone with some more faith. 
Let me go find somebody that'll take this message and celebrate it with joy instead of doubting. No, God said, you'll doubt and I'll still use you. That, that my uncertainty and your mistakes and, and the things that you say, God, I'm gonna take this back from you and I'm not gonna trust you. Great news for us that they can't thwart the unfolding plans of God. What God is going to do what God wants to do. And he will use doubting people like me. He will use uncertain people like you. He will use faithless people like us to do what he's gonna do. He doesn't give up on us. He doesn't throw us away and said, let me find somebody better. He still uses us. And so I can, I can have hope. God has not given up on me yet. Two more. I can have hope because God's delays are not God's denials. And that's good news. That God's delays are not God's denials. Skip down to verse number 23. You can read the rest of it yourself. When his time of service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth impossible she became pregnant and for five months she reigned in seclusion and she said the lord has done this for me in these days he has shown favor and taken away my disgrace among the people what zachariah and elizabeth discovered is that god's delays are not god's denials is that yeah i, I mean i wanted to have a baby when i was 20 God, we want, I mean, we're old. We, 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 we thought this ship had sailed, but your timing and my timing, they're just, they're different. And it is my temptation, and maybe it's your temptation, to say that if God doesn't do it when I need him to do it, and when God doesn't do it the way that I thought he was gonna do it, and when I thought it was going to do it, then he just says no, and I can just write it off, and God's not going to care about that, and God's not gonna do that, I'm just gonna stop praying about it. Well, according to Zachariah and Elizabeth, is that God's delays don't necessarily mean God's denials. And I mean, we would have felt the same way as Zachariah and Elizabeth. I mean, God, my prayers have changed. I, I'm not praying for a kid anymore. That, I'll pray for other stuff, but that, I, I can't pray for that anymore. And some of you, do you find yourself there? Is it God, I, I, I'm not praying for that anymore. I, you haven't done it. It hasn't worked. I haven't been able to have a breakthrough. I haven't been able to get out of the cycle. And if you were going to do it, you would have done it by now. And so I'm just going to move on. Let me find something else to pray about. Let me find something else to believe you for. Let me find something else that I can trust you with because this thing is clearly not going to work. God's delays are not God's denials. And so here at Christmas, on the first Sunday of Advent, as we get ready to celebrate the birth of Jesus, and you are so busy, and you've got things to do, and places to go, and gifts to buy, and stockings to fill, and lights to, you know, I mean, Christmas is so busy. But in the midst of the busyness, my hope is that you can have hope, because God is at work writing your story. Is that your story is not over. It's, it's still being written. The, the story of your marriage, it's still being written. The story of that thing that you just thought by this point it was all gonna be fixed and I didn't think I was gonna have to go through this and this year I thought it was gonna be different. Well, you can have hope. You can, what, what did Paul say? Let me just read it again. Romans chapter 15, verse number 13. I may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. And that's my prayer for you this Christmas, 
is that you will maintain trust and you will maintain hope and you will maintain faith and because of those things you'll have joy and peace because God's still writing the story. Hope came in the form, we have a little beautiful nativity right here. Hope came in the form of a, of a baby and hope grew up and he went to the cross and he suffered and he died and from the outside looking in, we would say all hope is lost. That story is over. Nothing good can come from this anymore. And what we celebrate at Easter is that hope rose from the dead and it gives us eternal hope, is that my hope is that when this life is over, I can stand before God with confidence because of who I've placed my hope in, who I've placed my trust in. And so this year, this Christmas, let me just go through them one more time. I can have hope because God is at work in the darkness. Is it God is at work in ways that aren't always obvious? Is it God is at work behind the scenes as we work in our daily, ordinary responsibility? God is at work in things that are better than I can imagine. God is at work even when it seems impossible. God is at work even when we don't get it right. Is it God's delays are not God's denials and that God is at work writing my story? Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for hope at Christmas. Thank you for the story that you preserved for us. And Lord, I'm, I'm praying this morning that for those that are in their room or maybe they're watching online, that they're just struggling with hope this morning. I'm praying that you would fill them with hope, with joy, and with peace as they trust in you. Lord, I'm praying that those that have given up, those that have put a period on that part of their story, I just don't think there's any way that anything can work. Lord, I'm praying that at Christmas, that we would maintain hope in you. We would maintain trust in you. We would maintain faith in you, knowing that you're not done writing their story. And so Lord, for the marriages that are on the rocks, I'm praying that you would inject hope into those. Lord, for the people that are struggling with their kids, I'm praying that you would inject hope into them. Lord, for the people that are anxious about, I'm going to visit this in-laws or family or whatever that looks like, I'm praying that you would inject hope into them. For all of us, Lord, that you would inject hope into our lives as we trust in you. Help these words to become rooted in our hearts that we can lean on them on days when it's dark and we're struggling. It's in your name that we pray, amen.